Morelia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. We're on the countdown to the end of the year. We only got three more shows left. Well, two more after this one, and uh, we're going to be off for a while, so... Oh, yeah. what do you think would happen if we took off for three weeks? <laughs> Mass hysteria. I mean, there's already <laughs> there's already there's already torches and pitchforks when we take off for two weeks. Yeah. God. Uh, who knows? But no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, tonight uh, we are talking bread lie. I know that's uh, one that's near and dear for me and you. Um, we're talking with Austin Warwick of Rage Beard Reptiles. Uh, I think we first met Austin, well, down in Carpet Fest at the first one. And then the last one, when we both went, he was there as well. He's a cool guy. Um, he has, he has, he has, uh, some top notch animals and, uh, you know, bread lie don't get a lot of love, man. They don't get a lot of mm-hmm. love. I don't think so. Well, it, it's almost like people kind of glass over it and, a lot of people's excuses are there's not really that many morphs where that's becoming a lot less true with, you know, stripes, uh, stonewash, hypo, and then the combinations throughout. But even then, a wild type red eye, in my opinion, is pretty badass. So Yeah. Speaking of morphs, um, I don't know. I know that um, we had talked about this a while back, but uh, our good friend down there, Mr. Larks, uh, he posted up a picture of another moon glow um, hatching out of an egg. Uh, and then he has a, a picture of a moon glow as the ultimate goal. Holy shit, that's a cool snake. I think it caught my eye when I saw that Justin Julander was down there hanging out with those guys. And, you know, he had this all white snake in his hand. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. Man, that's a cool snake. It, there it is. It's it the holy cool grail, snake. man. <laughs> And I love how you were like, you know, um, is like, I know you were like, oh, man, Moonglow's here. So we, we knew about Moonglow's, but then this new one hatched, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, i got to get my Moonglow project rolling. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's right, you could do this. And now yeah. you're like, pedal the metal, Moonglow's are happening soon, so. Dude, it's the, it's the. I mean, ever since I got into carpets, that all-white carpet python was the ultimate goal. I mean, that was it, right? I mean, yeah. that's all everybody ever talked about. It's like, I am going to be the one that makes a jag-to-jag, make a leucistic, and it's going to be amazing, and never worked out. But mm-hmm. you can make it now with a moon glow. So. It, it just seems to be that, but... Now, part of me is like, it's a really cool snake, and I would love to see the refinement and what you kind of can do with the moon glow. But it's almost like everybody wants an all-white carpet python, and it's like, that's cool. But part of the appeal of a carpet python is the pattern, no? Yes, so. but what if – now, I was chatting with uh, our Australia, uh, you know, breeders and such. And I said, you know, it's exactly what you just said. I mean, yeah, here we are, and this is cool, but, you know, where do you see that project going? What Mm -hmm. if they could put the calico 
and put that into the moon glow. Now, I know there's some debate on whether that is – what's not calico? What do they call it? Uh, Paradox. <laughs> Paradox. Uh, um, I did calico. I knew what you meant, so I was letting you roll. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sound like a knucklehead, but uh, uh, the paradox, and it would be a white snake with black spots, which would be your Cal Retic in a carpet version. Kind of, because doesn't the cow kind of have some other color speckles on it, too? I don't think so. I think it's just black and white. Then then never mind. So... um, (laughs) It would be kind of cool, and I would like to see it if this black speckles came through. Uh, but it's almost like watching somebody be like, man, I got a moon glow jack. How the fuck can you tell? So it's going to look exactly like every other down. moon. <laughs> exactly, because it's wonky. <laughs> well, great. So I'm paying for neurological disorder. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's almost like the project would not be in other morphs. It would only really kind of do with maybe the paradox stuff. So yeah, I don't know, man. See where it goes. Yeah, who knows? You don't know until you try it, right? Um, yeah. So I was uh, I was cruising around. I just uh, since we had the show last week on the carpet roundtable, and we were talking about you know, uh, you know crosses and how, what do you do with all that kind of stuff. And I was watching this YouTube video, and there's a guy. And he's showing his carpet python, and he basically shows how he bred a jungle to a coastal, and he thought that that was like a top-end project. So, Wait, yeah. just a straight jungle to a coastal? Straight jungle to a coastal. He did the byproduct project. Like, like yeah. He, he got what we all try to avoid getting. So. Correct. And the, the crazy thing was, is like how ex, you know excited he was, excited, like thinking that this was, was. So I don't know. It made me. It made me take a step back and think. Number one, I don't know how you could be into a snake and then not like. I guess this is how we get these issues: is that people don't do research at all. They just get the snake and they're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna breed them. Oh, you know? I had somebody. I, I literally had somebody from like. Uh, it was weird. I had somebody from France contact me. And <laughs> France? I, I know, right? And he did it through uh, Facebook because I had to take every message he sent me and take it over to Google Translate and translate it. So, and he was asking me about, uh, and he called Jungles, um, the scientific guy, Chennai or whatever it is. Um, and he kept asking me if somebody had ever taken a jungle and crossed it to a jaguar because that was what his project was going to be. And he wanted to be the world's first. And I'm like, do I break this poor child's heart and tell him it's been done 10 million times over? But <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I'm like, yeah, 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 I do. I'm like, yeah, people have been doing that for years. Really? Yes. So, Oh man. In Europe. I'm like, I'm like, man's <laughs> website. His name is Paul Harris. I need you to go over there and just take a look, okay? Yeah, so. take a peek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's only oh, happens. You're exactly correct. People buy the animals, and then they do some kind of, like, they do five minutes worth of Google searching, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I could totally do this. No, it's never been done this before. 
And then you right. find out the reptiles article that you just read was from like '98. <laughs> so, no, it, yeah. You know, uh, another. Uh, I got I got an email from uh, from one of the guys in Australia, Mick, um, and. I, I didn't get the answer him back, but he brought up something. You know, the other thing that we brought up on the show um, was the albinos being so picky, like the Darwin. Yes. And uh, yes. he he made it kind of a good point that I, that I never really thought of was that we're keep he you know he said that maybe it's because we're keeping our Darwins uh, to the hot spot is not warm enough. So he's he's I mean I think I think. If I can find his email real quick, he, he puts a 112. Was it 112 Fahrenheit? Be uh, no, what? 40. What? Yeah, 112, 112 degrees. Yeah, like he, he's he's keeping it like yeah the hot spot, not not uh, not the ambient, but he really has no problems with neonates feeding. And it got me thinking. So we keep diamonds cooler. Why wouldn't we keep Darwin's a little hotter? You know, maybe because I can't maybe... crank my baby rack to 112 degrees and not expect well, that... horrible things to happen. <laughs> so I mean, I think it's I, well. I think for babies, it's more of like a 90 to 95 uh, type of hot spot. But I think for adults, yeah. And remember, like when you're providing that kind of hotspot, I would imagine that your ambient is probably lower. It is, but I have other shit in the baby rack. You know, the little corn snakes aren't going to be able to take this shit. So (laughs) they're going to be crispy corn snakes. (laughs) Oh my god! I'm going to call it going to be a popcorn poop. Sorry, that was. I know that everybody. Anyway, I know that. I know that here in the States that breeding Darwins has been um, a little tougher than say your coastals and jungles and IJs and um, you know, they don't breed as fast. Uh, Like uh, they take longer to mature. So I don't know. I'm just thinking that maybe, you know, that providing that heat makes them mature faster because I know in the complete carpet book, they talked about, you know, uh, the diamond Python syndrome. And the fact that we're keeping the diamonds too warm, so it speeds up their metabolism, so to speak, and ages them prematurely. So, isn't it? Couldn't that be happening with uh, with the Darwins as well? I don't know. Just a thought. I thought it was interesting. Okay, it is interesting. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's one of those things that, like, much like the. Uh, uh, keep everything at 82 and ambient method. It would need a little bit more uh, tweaking and experimentation before everybody tries to do it. So, well, yeah, yeah I, I'm not, I'm not saying for everybody to go and do it because remember Please we're God, in the United no. States and he's in Australia, but I'm just saying that for, for a guy that's produced, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of Darwin's and not had any issues, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me to argue with somebody when I've produced none, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, at least pure Darwin's. Um, but I don't know. Just a thought. I know that, uh, you know, up where they're from, I, I would believe that it's more of um, it's, it's like the, they get monsoons and stuff that come through there. So mm-hmm. it's like really dry. 
and then really wet. So I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it doesn't even matter here, you know, once they're in captivity for a while. But um, interesting nonetheless. So what's new with you, man? Uh, nothing much. We uh, I put a few pairs together because the weather outside has been kind of weird. We've got a lot of rain. So I wanted to see what would happen. Uh, nothing really is happening except I did get a lock from my jungle pair which it's not the pretty pair of jungles, so, yeah. But it's still baby jungles. Um, it's not the pretty pair. Not the band of better. That's a good line, man. That is, that is true. It is yeah, a band of better boy. So cut yourself short. They have, they have some stellar black, yellow, not so much, but some stellar black. So right. um, that, and then I am gearing up for... Hamburg on Saturday. In the meantime, I am uh, trying to uh, finish up the uh, my the olives olive pythons new cages, um, which I can't seem to find the damn glass tracks right now. I don't know why the hell that's being so difficult. So, um, yeah, yeah. You said that you're getting ready for Hamburg, and uh, today I took a picture of that tri stripe that you sent my way. And I just posted it over there to give you some props so that people will see it. And if you want something like it, then travel on to Hamburg. Come see me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, cool deal. Um, All right. Anything else going on? Nah. Gearing up for the breeding season, trying to get everybody rolling in the right direction. Uh trying to figure out what the hell we're doing over here, trying to get some baby snakes. So that's pretty much all I got. Okay. All right. Well, you want to, you want to get Austin on here and let's get this rolling or what? All right. Let's do it. All right. Hey, Austin. Welcome to Radio Python Radio. Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Happy to be here with you gentlemen. Awesome. Oh, that that'll that'll fade quickly. Anyway, so <laughs> so Austin, uh, why don't we just start it with uh, how'd you get your start to reptiles? Well, I've been fascinated with reptiles since I was a, a little little tyke. Uh, I had I was allowed to get a leopard gecko whenever I was in the first grade, and uh, I had a leopard gecko and a bearded dragon. And my, I always wanted snakes. I remember going out and catching garter snakes and trying to bring them inside, and my mom wasn't having it. So uh, I had to settle for the four-legged reptile, which is cool. I like lizards too. Uh, I don't have the the uh, the attention span for them now, uh, but I like the lower maintenance uh, snakes. But I kind of got into my teen years and. It, you know, as most teens do, they get sidetracked with different things. And uh, I uh, forgot about reptiles. Kind of, I mean, not totally forgot about them, but I, they weren't in the forefront of what I was focused on. And I would join the Navy after I got out of high school and uh, did all my four years in the Navy and got out. And I had a kid, and, and I had a, I bought a, purchased my first house. And I remember being about three months into owning my first house, and my brother, he – 
he had bought a little pastel ball python. It, it, it blew my mind, you know. Was, I was like, what the heck? There's different colors of – there's color mutations of ball ball pythons. There's color mutations of these things, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and like, as, as I'm – figuring that out i have this epiphany and it was it blew, i don't know what about it, it but it was very profound to me it was like i have my own house i can keep whatever <laughs> i, I want keep to whatever keep. i want <laughs> it, it was it was a crazy thing for me i was like holy crap i'm an adult i don't know it was, it was kind of weird but uh i uh i i got in pretty the ball pythons drew me and i know you're going to moan and groan owen but the I, ball I, pythons I are what kind of <laughs> the ball pythons are what kind of like pulled me in and it, it opened my eyes said I mean I had no idea just how big this reptile world is you know like everything that we have in captivity and uh and so I got pretty hard into ball pythons for about two years and I had a pretty substantial for me uh probably like a about a total of 15 uh snakes and uh and I bred them and and it kind of got a little lackluster for me I felt like it was a race and it was like not going anywhere I kind of lost my interest in it and uh i uh i started looking in other places like to snakes that kind of kind of drew my interest i had a couple red tail boas and i i got rid of them pretty quick <laughs> i had them for a little while it just didn't work out i didn't i'm not a huge boa guy uh I, then i purchased a uh uh a Dumeril's boa from uh actually bob clark at a show and uh She's still I, she's still with me. I didn't get rid of her. Uh, she's she's gonna be a she's a pet for now. I, I don't know that I want to breed her. You know, um, she uh, she's really pretty. I, I dig her, but more of a pet than anything. They, they're pretty high maintenance for a snake, to be honest with you. They 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 uh, a lot of urates with them, but uh, they I lost my train of thought. Dang it. Anyway, I ended up getting rid of all but two of my ball pythons and uh i i had heard I'd, i was a pretty avid listener to reptile radio and i he i think i'm pretty sure nick was on reptile radio a couple times wasn't he at least once correct you guys yep, gotta correct twice. me if i'm wrong i'm pretty yeah twice. Nah, i thought it was twice, twice but and and uh well i went to narbc arlington and I think it was a jobber. I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember. It's bad, but I can't remember the the uh, name of the vendor. Uh, but he had this big, like, seven-and-a-half-foot, eight-foot female bread lie just slung over its shoulders, and the, the head on this thing was the size of your palm. I mean, it's just this massive animal and just as mm-hmm. friendly as could be. And I held her, and I fell in love with it, like, just the, the species. It was it, – it, kind of, it became my white whale, you know, and I and – I, went out and I purchased uh, the complete carpet python and and I read that and I I uh, ended up giving Nick a call cuz I figured I need to do it right. If I'm going to get into Morelia, I want to do it I want to get the best of the best from the jump because I'd already played the Noah's Ark syndrome thing and 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 it didn't work out for me, you know. I lost interest, so I said I want to I want to get something that that is uh uh <sighs> I don't know, just good premium stock. You know what I mean? And uh, and and I purchased my first Morelia, which was my uh, uh, Harris line female. 
and she's cruising around her cage right now looking at me. She's about mm-hmm. seven and a half foot, eight foot long right now, and she's a she's a mammoth of a of a female. And uh, she gave me 23 fertile eggs, and I lost three during incubation this year. So, but that's cool. That's a that's a, that's a brief <laughs> little little deal. <laughs> I got you. So, what what drew you from your Noah's Ark syndrome to just carpet pythons. Like what drew you to them? Uh, I mean, it was that 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 female bread lie at the show. She, I mean, I just saw it and I was like, that's that's for me, man. There's, it seemed like there's a lot more going on, you know. It, it was uh, there that red. I'd never even see, I didn't I didn't even know that there was red snakes. I had no idea, you know, like this brick red, beautiful, giant snake that's got a head the size of your hand and is docile and I'll, and and it it uh it kind of fascinated me and i to i would like to ext- uh grow my group of bread lie there's i i've got a rather small small group of bread lie uh excluding the 20 that i have uh, 20 hatchlings that i have but uh I, I would like to to grow it a little bit uh and also i think for me too many i'm i like the the a smaller collection. I feel like whenever I, I, I kind of have a, a little bit of ADD. And so if I get too much going on, I get overwhelmed uh-huh. too, like really fast. And so I think that that kind of, that played a factor in it and, and me thinning out my collection and actually focusing on one, uh, clade, you know, of, of pythons and instead of doing the the rat race that is ball pythons not not that i hate them i still have two and they're awesome but it's it's uh i i the whole selective breeding aspect of morelia for me is just where it's at i i think that that that's that slow that slow project it, that's that it helps me stay focused you know it helps me not get so crazy because we all get excited i think whenever you see something new you guys talk about it all the time but you talk to a new person that's working with something that you're not, you know, and I feel like that sometimes when you get into that Noah's Ark syndrome, that's kind of what that is, you know. You, you just get really amped up about something that someone else is amped up about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I get it a lot. That's how <laughs> that half the things going on here. So, yeah. I mean, that's how half the things turn up here. So you think your collection is kind of on the smallest side? What's his, yeah. What can Gang give us a little bit of a brief overview of it? Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've got uh, one female Dumeril's boa. I don't know any of the lineage on her at all. Uh, she's a pet. I have a pair of Brisbane coastals. I have a pair of ball pythons, a normal that's awesome, and a pastel that's not so awesome. <laughs> And then uh, I was I was given a uh, I was given a woma python that was uh, knocking on death's door, just not doing hot at all. Uh, I think it had to do with something like they were uh, force feeding day geckos down its throat, and it was just not. It was just they didn't know what they were doing, and it's not anything on them. I think that they just kind of got in over their head. They won it in a raffle at a small mm-hmm. reptile show, and. And so I was gifted that, and I've got that, and she's she's doing pretty good. That makes me want to get into Aspidites, actually. That was uh, Womas were never something I ever thought that I would 
like, but they're they're pretty cool snakes. Uh, I, they're awesome. I enjoy mine quite a bit. Uh, I think I'm going to get a male for within the next year. Um, and then I've got my 20 little hatchling, little neonate uh, bread lie. Uh, uh, and I've got my daughter has two corn snakes that I have to uh, take care of because she's six, and you know how that is. Whenever you get a what you get an animal for a six year old, it becomes your responsibility. So, uh, uh, but right now that's that's where I'm at as far as my collection, and it it it, it I think that that has something to do with my success with the bread lie is that I. I was able to focus very streamlined focus on uh on that that project and uh honestly I think my Brisbane's could or sorry Brisbane's Brisbane's could go uh, <laughs> uh my Brisbane's could go this this season they're knocking on 3 they're not quite 3 yet but I don't know. I'm gonna give them another year. I'm not pairing them up. I don't. I don't know. I I'd, I'd rather have let the female have another year and and uh, make it so that she, for sure she's healthy. And I know that there, there's no question. You know, uh, it's taught me a lot of patience. This hobby. Uh, I I'm not a very patient guy by any stretch of the word. And and uh, it this this has taught me a lot of patience. It, it may it forces you to be patient. You know, it it really does. So. If you if you're doing it right, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree. And you know, one of the things that I I thought about as far as bread lie with you is, um, the fact that you do have a smaller collection. I think sometimes people with smaller collections are more in tune with what's going on in their collection, if that makes sense. I mean, I used to oh, yeah. I used oh, yeah. to I used to hear that a lot on reptile radio. You brought that up. But those guys used to talk about all the time where, you know, somebody that has thousands of snakes or even hundreds of snakes sometimes is not really focused in on what's going on. And you'll see people come along where they have a pair and, they, you know, they just they they knock it out of the park and they breed it, you know. I think Dave was like that with his blackheads and, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think I think it's good you know so i think there's something to that for sure uh yeah it, it and honestly it it surprised me i was i was cycling them but i did not expect my my bread light to breed i was just i was i guess it was a i guess it was a i gave them the year to because my male was a little young from what i'd been told anyway or what i'd read on on the males they need a little bit more age and and uh they i i just cycled them like i was going to the next season put them together just so they would know that that was the norm and it happened you know i mean i did more than put them together but we'll get into that later i, I don't want to jump right. ahead too much <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so what about um what about as far as uh let's well let's break it down let's break it down how you keep your bread lie so we're talking adults um you know, and when you got them, how did you raise them up? That type of deal. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, talk about temps, caging, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I keep. I got my bread lie, my female. She was about a year uh, when I got her, which is probably the oldest snake that I've ever purchased. You know, uh, I try to buy my snakes pretty young. Is as, as young. I mean, obviously feeding, but as young as I can get them because I want to get them used to my room and all that. Uh, and 
I got her and I just I kept her in a six a six quart tub with uh, paper towels. That's what I keep all my neonates on is paper towels. I, I just it just seems cleaner. I can see what's going on better, you know. Right. And uh, uh, I I just gradually moved them up from six to sixteen quart tub. I had them in uh, I don't even know what the size of it is. It's a uh, it's like the tall sweater box. It's got the snap sides, but it's probably 30, about four foot long. I got you. Yeah, I know. You know what I'm talking about? It's probably about nah. two, two and a half foot tall. But uh, I I went and got wood wooden dowels, like big half inch wooden dowels, and I screwed them into the sides so they'd have perching and stuff. Which I I find that the bread lie like perch a lot. At least mine do. They like to perch a lot. If I give them a high area to sit, that's where they're at. Um. Not like a chondro, more like a, like a, like a, I don't know, like sit on a shelf, kind of perch, you know, kind of right. drape themselves over stuff. And uh, so I kept them in that, honestly, probably a little bit longer than I should have. Uh, uh, but I was in process and of uh, building a cage, and I did that for both of them, the male and the female. And I was in the process of building a cage, and I ended up building my own cage out of melamine. It's this giant, giant cage. Uh, it's four and a half feet across or, or wide by three and a half feet deep, and it's four foot tall. And uh, uh, they've got a shelf in there that's made out of uh, made out of oak. It's it's kind of a showpiece in my room. It's I, I'm never gonna build a cage that big again. I'll tell you that it's huge, but uh, <laughs> takes up too much space. But it's cool for them. I mean, they enjoy it. it and I actually I cohab my bread lie as adults for probably seven months out of the year uh uh i i know that some people think that that's crazy and they frown upon it but i feed separately and all that stuff but uh i don't have any issues with cohabitation as far as they're concerned i do not cohab any of my other snakes but they don't seem to mind it uh now if i see the female pacing too much or anything like that i'll pull the male out and and uh but that doesn't really happen unless at least that I've seen, unless uh, she's ovulated, pretty much they 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 don't seem to mind each other too much. Uh, and then once she's ovulated, I pull them until well after the eggs have hatched and she's got some meals in her and kind of let her get a little reset, you know. Uh, but that's sort of that's how I keep them. They uh, their their temperature uh, during the during the daytime they got a hot spot of 88 and i keep my room uh i i don't like to keep my room very hot i keep my room probably on the cooler side uh compared to a lot of people that i hear uh, about 78 is a high in my room for ambient uh don't go any higher really? than 78 uh, uh i guess wow. in the summertime it'll it'll get up to maybe 81 in the heat of the day because it's texas and it's hot as hell down here but right. uh <laughs> Uh, I try to keep it very cool. I feel, I don't know. I feel like we keep snakes a little bit too hot. Now, when I say that I keep, I have a hot spot there. They get a hot spot for eight to nine hours a day, depending on the time of the season or anything like that. Uh, definitely always give a hot spot. And I don't think that that would work for me. I don't think it would work unless I gave them a hot spot. I think that for ambient temperature, that is too cold. If you're not offering a hot spot, that's just my personal opinion. But uh, and I guess I mean you could argue 
that uh that uh oh I just got my I guess my neighbor's listening to this. He he just texted me and said, uh, you built that cage? He helped me build that cage. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> excuse oh, me. Oh. Excuse me, Doug. Oh, uh, oh man. <laughs> like how, like how I run this radio show. Right. <laughs> I got it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh uh where was I? What was I talking about? I lost my train of thought. Hot spot of yeah. 88. I don't go any higher than 88 unless there's a gravid female. Then I'll crank it up to 90 because she seems to be if, – if I see her just sitting on the hot spot and not moving around, I'll crank it up a little bit. But Or I have cranked it up. I've only got one season under my belt, so I don't want to talk like I know everything. So, um, uh, As far as wintertime cool down, is that cool to talk about? Can we go there? Wintertime go for cool it. Down? Okay, yeah, uh, wintertime cooldown, uh, I don't cohabitate during wintertime cooldown at all. Um, I think it's important Hi. to kind of keep them uh, – I don't know. I feel like it, it's it's already kind of a stressful thing for them, and they're mm-hmm. they're they, I'm dropping temps already. I don't want to cause any excess stress that's going to make them sick. You know what I mean? It kind of seems like it's already kind of a high-stress situation, so I don't want to push it. So I that's kept uh, the the – those larger sweater boxes for them that they grew up in and I'll overwinter them in the sweater boxes and have uh, uh, the ceramic heat emitters in the, in the bulbs. And mm-hmm. I've got it to where that top of that perch gets about 88, 90 and I'll take them and cause I have other species in my, in my snake room that I can't get that, get as cold as you have to get bread lie. And I put them up in my spare bedroom in the top, floor of my house and uh, last year I shut the vent the vent off for the heater and I put a towel on the bottom of the floor and sealed the room off and you guys know that our season kind of runs a little bit later down here uh, I don't start doing any serious serious cooling down until about mid-December right now I'm starting to drop my ambient temps in the room for all the species but I haven't even well I haven't even moved the bread lie upstairs yet but uh I I drop it down, and so I was thinking, okay, so I don't have the ability to manipulate the temperature too cold because it just doesn't get too cold here. We have hardly winters at all, especially these la- this last one. And so I just said, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I need to. I'm going to just do. It. I'm going to go extreme. So I cracked the window, and I'd let the temp drop. And so the first week that I did this. I was waking up and going upstairs probably around one or two in the morning on weeknights and stuff because I was worried. I was scared that it was going to get too cold, you know, because every Python alarm in your head's going off like, don't let these things get below 70. That's just not, it's not good news, you know. Oh, you know, it's freaking mm-hmm. out. But, but I kind of had to, kind of had to rein myself in and be like, look, it's okay. Everybody says it's okay. So let's just do this. Let's see what they can handle. And uh, I had thermometers in there, like I was a little. I think I had like three thermometers in each cage, just like <laughs> checking temperature in three different spots. But I uh, let the temp for about a week and a half to two weeks. The temp was dropping. I think it was about mid January. The temp was dropping into the low 50s at nighttime, probably like 53, 54. And then at uh, eight o'clock in the morning, the timer was set, and their light would come on. And it would bump the heat up for about six to seven hours during the day, so they could they could get their core body temperature up and do what they needed to do. And then 
it cut back off. So they, yeah, about six to seven hours. And it only stayed that cold for about a week and a half to two weeks. And then I, so I put them down in December and I cycle them until the end of February. But because we don't get very cold, January is where you can, you have to really pay attention to your temperature and try to get it down. I'm opening windows, shutting windows, waking up at nighttime and stuff. And I pulled them out. I pulled them out of, uh, out of, uh, the room and brought them back down into the snake room and started and when I was doing my gradual warm up for everything else I have down here and I I put them together and I didn't see anything for a long time I mean I was talking to you guys at Carpet Fest and I did I wasn't I mean you guys heard me I wasn't very optimistic about anything happening with them you know uh, I I didn't and it, it took a really long time for me to see any any copulation. And then finally, I think, I can't remember when I posted it. It was, it's like a month after Carpet Fest, I saw a lock, just one. It's the only lock I've saw, I've, I'm sure they locked more, but it's the only lock that I uh, saw the whole time that they're together. Mm-hmm. And I waited and waited and waited until she kept, she was hugging her hot side and he, he was cruising around like he didn't want to be in there anymore. So I went ahead and pulled him. And I saw an ovulation. She swelled up like a tick. And I was like, oh, wow, I did it. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was a very <laughs> exciting thing for me. It was, and let me, like, I don't know. I, like I said, this is my first Morelia clutch. But when you see a bread lie ovulate, it, there is no question that she's ovulating. There's mm-hmm. no question at all. I'm telling you, it's, it's massive. It was massive mass. I, I I had to do a double take. I was I thought that I had accidentally left him in there. I didn't take him out. That's how huge she was. They were just like coiled up together. Really? Huh? Yeah. She she was big. Did yours do that, Owen? When you were breeding them? Like they swallowed a rabbit. Like I mean, it, yeah. The, uh... It's like a football. Oh yeah. It was. Um... Like I said, I've I've been terrible at finding ovulation swells and gravid swells. I'll even have you, Eric, come over and be like, "Is this thing gravid?" And you'll be like, "Are you freaking kidding me? You more? Of course it is." So, <laughs> yeah. But when That's... the bread lie female went, which the funny thing is, is like just like Austin, I only ever saw her lock up once with the male, and they locked up in like February, and I didn't get eggs until like. I think it was July. So Yeah, that's when that's when I got mine. Yeah. Exactly. So they locked up more that I didn't even see that uh, like that first lock probably meant nothing. So it it was like that and she did she she was huge. Huge. Way bigger than I think any of the coastal swellings I've ever seen. Um so there you go. It's definitely un, un unmistakable for sure. Uh and then I was just sitting and hoping that uh, everything was going to turn out okay, you know. Um, but it and, it and it did. But uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. So, talked about temps, caging. What about your feeding? Now I noticed when I was looking on your Facebook um, that you. It seems like I don't know if you're doing this on purpose or not, but it seems like you're feeding like 
I think sometimes you're feeding a guinea pig, sometimes you're feeding a rat, sometimes you're feeding quail. Is that on purpose or? That's uh, definitely on purpose. Um, okay. I think that I think that a varied diet is uh, maybe not not crucial, but I think that uh, it had something to do with my success. Uh, I I mean, you could we could all survive on cheeseburgers, right? We could all mm. live on cheeseburgers. I don't want I, like I don't want to eat a cheeseburger for the rest of my life every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of put myself right. in their I mean obviously I'm anthropomorphizing, but I put myself in their uh perspective and I'm like, man, there's got to be this let me just mix this up. It's in my power to help them out and mix it up a little bit and I'm sure each little prey item uh gives different nutrients and 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 so I figured for, especially for my female, I, I mix it up for the male, but maybe not quite as much. But I feel like the 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 varied diet is just giving her more uh, a, a plethora of uh, nutrients that she's not seeing if she's eating a rat every single day. Uh, I feed guinea pigs. I was feeding guinea pigs pretty heavy to her uh, through the summer pre-breeding season, uh, pretty heavy. I was really wanting to get her fat stores up just in case so, something did happen. So I'm always curious when 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 we say when you say pretty heavy, that changes for all of us, but when what do you mean by that? Weekly, twice a week? Uh when I probably I would say once once a, probably like once every 8 days or 9 days, but a very large meal. Okay. Uh, usually I I keep them on a uh, not a lean meal, but something probably about as big around as they are during uh uh, post post breeding and and uh, kind of spring and stuff like that, but uh, pre breeding season I was really just throwing the food to her in a, in a large uh, uh, size way, maybe not quantity way, but I, mean, I feed her probably once every three weeks on a, on a regular schedule. But I feel like you just want to build those fat stores up, you know. It takes it takes a lot out of them. I it, I mean you guys know that. It seemed, when I pulled her off those eggs, she was just so it looked like death. It just looked, right. it looked bad, you know. And uh, I would say size for them. I, I but like I said, I don't know uh, as far as uh, other carpet pythons are concerned. But these bread like can they can handle a pretty hefty meal. They they can and it doesn't take them long to digest it and turn it into crap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're pretty quick. And, but, yeah, um, yeah I, I would say it was a size thing. What was your hot spot again? I'm sorry, I forgot what you said. The tempo. Uh, normal hot spots, 88, and okay, the, probably so you... the ambient in the ambient in the cage is a little higher than the ambient in the room. So it's, it's probably like about 80 in their cage on uh, normal time. But during while she's gravid, uh, 90. I was I was keep I bumped it up to about 90. So do you notice that the that when you're feeding those bigger meals, she's right over to that hot spot and Oh yeah, immediately as yeah. soon as she's done with it, okay. and you, within a day, day and a half, it's you can't see it anymore. It's it's gone. I, she's it's quick. I think uh, I think that's important for especially for new people that might be getting into bread lie or just any carpet for that matter. But if you're feeding big meals, you don't necessarily have to have a higher temperature as far as your ambient goes. But I think that you need that, you know that that hot hot spot. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that they can digest that. So, huh. I really believe in, in cycling 
food cycling. I think that's important. But I was curious on, like, how that affected, you know, winter breeders and spring breeders because I always thought that you want to feed them when you're coming up out of the cool down. So do you feed them then as well, like heavy meals? Well, it was a little bit of a learning curve for me. So uh, I I did the into heavy meal, and then I came out, and I was like, okay, everything I'm being told – People are saying to feed a slightly smaller meal, slightly smaller mm-hmm. meal. So after I was feeding slightly smaller meals, I can't remember who I was talking to at Carpet Fest, and uh, they're like, feed her something a little bit bigger. Feed her something a little bit bigger. And uh, so I fed her two – I was feeding her medium rats before, yeah. and then I fed her uh, two uh, – two, what would it be, extra large? Is under jumbo. Yeah, extra large rats, uh, probably – a week back to back week to week and then on that third week she ovulated so i think that that i think that that pushes them into it to be over for this pair that i have I, i'm pretty sure that it pushes them into it because there was nothing before that and and so i fed that first uh that first jumbo rat and then the that that next week i saw uh, a copulation and then what would be two weeks after that i saw ovulation so I mean, I, I would say that uh, size. I, I'm definitely going to repeat that next year and see, or this year and see what happens. It's it's intriguing enough to repeat and see if if the same thing happens. Right. Hmm. So okay. now you you said you don't winter the bread light together. When do you do the introductions for those guys? Uh, I do introductions as soon as I start to warm up. As soon as my room downstairs, uh, I start bumping the the temp up. I'll pull them okay. from uh, upstairs to downstairs, and they have that giant cage. So I put mm-hmm. them together and kind of sit in here for about an hour and make sure she doesn't get cranky because <laughs> she's pretty she's her she's substantially larger than he is, and I don't want I me mean, coming out of winter. She's probably a little hungry. I don't want her to think that he might be food. So I just sit in there and I, I've sat here and waited for about an hour. They seemed like everything was cool and and uh, and. That was it. I mean, I haven't had any problem with that, with the introduction with them at all. Uh, now, it didn't seem like they're very interested in each other during uh, introduction the first week or so. They kind of sat on opposite ends of the cage and and all that jazz. But it seems like once you start putting the food to them, they start getting a little bit more snuggly, you know. Yep. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, I'm sure uh, we'll get. You know, there's a couple of questions that pop into my head about the breeding anyway, but I guess we'll hit that. But um, what about uh, UV? I mean, do you do anything as far as that goes? I, and what are your I thoughts? do. I I run UV in my in my uh, breadlight cage, and I run UV in my uh, uh, Dumeril's boa cage. Actually, um, the UV in my breadlight cage. You know, I think that it does enhance. But I think it's a very slight enhancement. I you can't I can tell you that you can't see it under uh fluorescent lighting. If you take them outside, you can tell a difference. But it's very slight in my opinion, uh with, with my animals. Uh now okay. my my Dumeril's boa, uh if I don't run U V in her in her cage, she looks like crap. But if I run U V in her cage and take her outside she looks amazing. It's kind of weird. I, I think it plays a factor, but I don't know that it plays a, as much of a factor as people give it 
credit for, in my opinion. This is my opinion. Right. But okay. I'm gonna continue to run I'm gonna continue to run it in my cages if that if that makes a difference at all. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop. How, how do you cycle how do you cycle it? Do you put it on a, a cycle or Yeah, they they uh they have I, during the summer I pretty much during summer it's twelve on, twelve off and I'll I'll uh bring it down to about uh let's say probably close to uh, they probably get maybe eight hours of daylight or maybe seven in the wintertime if they're lucky. I shut it off pretty early. But it's either 12 or eight. I don't go – I'm not – I don't kind of – I don't do the whole gradual change. I, I'm not that exact. I don't have the patience to sit and figure all that out. <laughs> right, right, right. No worries. Okay. All right. What about uh, – so, you know, Owen was saying at the beginning of the show that he thinks that uh, – some of the reason why, uh, you know, bread lie are sort of overlooked in the carpet world is the fact of no morse. But there are there are a few. I mean, there's more than when I started. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of them? And is there anyone that has caught your eye that you know you, you want to get into, or he's more the natural type look? You know, they're all all the in my opinion all the bread lie morse are amazing i think they're all cool as hell uh as far as that's concerned though i kind of i would i would there's a couple i'd like to get into i'd like to get uh, at least a visual stone wash just because i think they're sick uh, that's a that's a you know talk about a on fire snake that that's an on fire snake mm-hmm. uh but mm-hmm. and 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 i wouldn't mind getting a visual uh genetic stripe as far as the hypos are concerned, I like the, I I think they're amazing. I'm not taking anything away from them. I think they're a great looking snake, but I like the I like the natural as far as if you're going to compare a natural red lie to a hypo, I I prefer the I like the black. That's the that's actually my goal with the project that I'm that I'm uh, my pair. I'm I'm wanting to to do some high contrast uh, selective breeding. I want to take the the red from the fours and and the high contrast that the Harris line has on the on the outline of the cream banding and kind of and make some high contrast bread lie uh because I like that black the Harris line has this very very distinct black outline on yes. on the banding and <laughs> and I think it's amazing I you know everybody goes crazy for the fours and I think they're beautiful snakes don't get me wrong I love mine but to me, I think that that Harris line is just as far as a natural looking bread lie. It's a it's a beautiful example of a natural looking bread lie. And if you could make that red pop just a little bit more, and that black just be a little bit more defined, I think it would be just a stunning example of a snake. Uh, but back to morphs. Uh, I, so the answer is I love the morphs. I don't know that I'll ever get any. I would like to, but the selective breeding aspect of the Brettles python excites me more if that makes any sense it yeah I, I and i'll have to agree with you about the harris line um having both of those lines it's uh you can definitely tell the difference and i when i saw paul's website and he had those on there uh you know i immediately contacted nick and said nick do you have these because these are amazing this this is what a bread lie in the wild at least from what I've saw, look like, you know what I mean? It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I dig it. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm uh, with you. Uh, uh, who posted? Someone posted a really good looking uh, wild type. Oh, who was it? It was just like two days ago. Dang it! Not I sure. I can't remember. I, it was. It was. Uh, I'm gonna look it up while we're talking. But uh, yeah, the 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 wild type for me is just where it's at. That's what I fell in love with. So kind of that's that's. That's where it's at for me, you know, and, and, and also it kind of, the whole ball python thing kind of got me, it pulled me away from the whole morph aspect thing. Not saying I would never own one or anything like that, but it just, it doesn't, it doesn't intrigue me as much. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about morphs. I haven't made taking the plunge into any breadline morphs, but I feel myself getting pulled that direction. So yeah. maybe, yeah. <laughs> just maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, well, I have this horrible person that influences me on these things who has everything, and I talk to him every <laughs> Tuesday. So, um, but Austin, when you uh, how did you uh take care of the eggs? Because you got the eggs, and this is your first breeding of breadline. Was this your first breeding of carpets in general? Or Morelia? Uh, yeah, this is my first Morelia clutch I've ever produced, yes. All right. Uh, so, uh, speaking as a person that murdered his first Morelia clutch horribly in an incubator, were you a little nervous? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, as soon as I saw ovulation, I bet you could guess who I called. I bet you could guess. Uh, who do you, th- uh, who do you think he, I called? Well, is he a doctor with his Texas draw and is a little bit of a psychopath? No. No, 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 no. No? Oh, my no. God. Although, right. that silver, been, although that would have been. Is it is it an author on the West Coast who will keep you on the phone for at least three yes, hours? that is correct. That is that correct. He made, me la- he made me late to my lunch. Yeah, he made me late back from lunch at work uh, that day. But I was, I was freaking out. I was freaking out a little bit, you know. I, I mean, I've never produced a, a, a clutch of bread lie. And, and he's like, okay. He's like. You don't even know. You don't know. You, it may be, but just calm down. This is what you do. Uh, and I'm asking him all these questions. You know, Nick, he just lines you out. Just boop, 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 boop. And when I got off the phone with him, I was like, okay, I think I got this. It's not my first clutch of snakes, so I I, I know how to hatch snakes. So I, I, I think I've got this, you know. And Right. Yeah, I, I went into it, and I'll, um, that doesn't mean I wasn't nervous the whole time, but it gave me a little bit more confidence. Uh, and I've got a little incubator that I made out of a, it's a little stainless steel wine cooler that I found on Craigslist. It's got a glass front and blue LED lights and all that crap. And I, uh, I gutted it and put the heat tape in it and did the standard plus it to it, you know, and run it on a, uh, a Herbstat. And I got the eggs. I, I had 23 eggs. She laid 23 eggs and, uh, so okay, this is kind of funny. I got mm-hmm. uh, this is one of the days I come into my snake room, and uh, typically I'm in my snake room at seven o'clock in the morning. But it was a weekend. It was summertime. I'm just doing my thing, and I didn't come in out here till about twelve, about noon. And I walk out here, and I open up the the bread light cage, and she's underneath her hide, and I'm like, uh oh, uh oh. And so something I noticed with this species, sorry, I'm getting on these all side tangents, but they drink a they drink a lot of water when they're gravid. They do uh, like a lot of water, 
to a point where I was noticing that she was drinking so much water that I was changing her water bowl out every second day, just changing it out because she was like draining half of the water bowl. And it's a big, like big dog water bowl and uh, probably like 12, 12 inches across. And so I was cha- I think that's very important. Can I say that? I think that water, as far as snakes are concerned, is way more important than we give it credit for, or some people give it credit for. I, I, mm. I'm very anal retentive about changing my water bowls out. Uh, uh, usually, at the very least, it's uh, if I, on a bad week, it's once a week, and I I disinfect, I microwave. <laughs> I go crazy with my water bowls because I feel like that's where I mean it's breeds bacteria, moisture breeds bacteria. You guys know that, but. Mm. So I, I, I'm pretty crazy about my water bowls. And so uh, and I think I, tr- I attribute that to the last six years of me keeping these snakes. I've never had to deal with a respiratory infection. And I think that has a lot to do with it. But uh, back to the, the eggs. Uh, I get out here and I open up the, egg, the clutch. I'm so excited. My neighbor's in his backyard. I'm like, Doug, Doug, we got snake eggs. <laughs> he runs back in, in into my into my snake room, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm ready for 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 a battle because this female, like, she's pretty she's pretty friendly. She's never bit me, but she does that bluff bite sometimes where she'll hit. She strikes, doesn't open her mouth. You know what I'm talking about? Right, right. You guys right. ever have that? The bluff bite? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and she'll she'll oh, do that, and she's the time. She's got a big enough head to where I'm like, ugh, I don't. I love snakes, but I don't like getting bit by them. That's <laughs> come yeah. on. Uh, can we can can we agree with that? I don't, I'm not a big fan of getting yeah, bit no by snakes. I tell now. I tell people that all the time. People will call me at work. Hey, we found this snake. And I'll go over there, and uh, they're like, Why don't you just grab it? I'm like, I like snakes. I don't like getting bit by snakes. <laughs> I want to get. <laughs> I don't understand. People don't can't. They don't get it. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we get the eggs. I'm and I've got I've got welding gloves on. I'm ready. You know I'm ready for battle. And I go and I I touch her. Nothing. It, like I picked her up like you would have picked up a ball python out of a cage. It's all just slumped over. I just picked her up and she was totally mellow. Sat her down. This perfect beehive. There was two slugs kicked off to the side, and 23 eggs. And I had my per. I had, I knew this was going to happen, so I had my perlite and all that ready in in my in my uh, incubator. So I, I incubate with perlite and then the the light, uh, what do you call it, diffuser on top and just water so they don't ever touch the substrate. Um, I incubate at uh, 87.5, a little cooler. I, I, I'm a big fan of cooler temperatures. You had, I, I was very uh, intrigued with your uh, incubator experience this year, Owen, as far as uh, forgetting <laughs> that it was off. That's pretty cool, man. I, <laughs> it, it's really cool. I mean, it's stupid, but it was successful, right? You you had, it wasn't yeah. a horrible thing. It yeah, could have been a lot 14, worse. Yeah, all 14 babies hatched, but they have been a bear to get feeding. Like, I haven't had this much trouble in a very, very long time. So... Uh, I think I got all but one eating now. So, yep. Yeah. So but, I incubated yeah. them at at, at eighty seven point five, uh, and they hatched on 
I got my trusty Morelia Python radio calendar over here. Let me look at it. Hold on one second. They hatched. They pipped on the 27th, and they weren't due. Sorry. Hold on one second. The 27th of September is when they pipped, and they weren't due to hatch until the 28th. So, uh, so they pipped a little earlier, even with the cooler temperatures, which was kind of interesting, I thought. That's um, cool. Uh, and this is the first clutch that I did not touch. First snake clutch that I did not touch pipping anything. I just came out here, and they were all pipped, and excluding one. So I had uh, – let me rewind a little bit. I had some incubation uh, issues. I was having a lot of mold uh, a lot of mold. I had. Uh, I ended up losing two eggs right off the bat. Uh, well, maybe not. Really. Two weeks into incubation, due to mold, and uh, had to get had to get rid of them. And I got was able to pull one off, and one I could not get off. It was it was just too stuck on the clutch, and I was freaking out. So I got online and I was doing a little looking around because the mold or the egg had start excuse me started to turn. Uh, quite the fantastical colors um and i and i found that someone had uh used antifungal foot powder to kind of control the spread of right. the mold and so i went out to cvs and i got some antifungal foot powder and once a week i would wipe the old stuff off of that egg and put new antifungal foot powder and i was able to stop the transmission of that mold it, uh, well, well, what I thought initially at uh, 100%, but uh, I lost that last, uh, that third snake, uh, the one that it was an egg that was touching the moldy egg, and uh, it was a full-term dead-in-the-egg baby, so I think it died pretty late. I mean, it looked like all of its clutch mates, but dead. So uh, I think that's not too, that's not too bad, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I think I w- if I had the issue again, I would use that same stuff again because uh, I was freaking out. I was having a little bit of a panic attack, to be honest with you. I was like, my whole clutch, <laughs> this is my first Morelia clutch, and it's going to be ruined. It's ruined. But <laughs> I was – I'm a little I, – I get a little bit amped up. So, But it was a, it was a, it was a cool experience for me because they're a lot, they're a lot tougher – I think that we give them credit for, uh, and and I may not have had to do all that. I may not have had to to put that uh, antifungal foot powder on it, but it it gave me peace of mind, and it seemed to work. So I'll try it again. Cool. Uh, real quick, now, I just want to hold on. Uh, sorry, ahead. Owen. Uh, I just want to hit on this question that Brandon had. I po- I shared your video when you were talking about water and drinking, and you had a video on your Facebook page and mm-hmm. um, of your bread lie drinking. In the in the back, the I guess it's your the hide box. Okay. What is that? Uh, it's actually you can those uh you ever seen those black plastic uh, pre-made ponds for your backyard? Yes. yes, you're at Lowe's and Home Depot and stuff, or you can do it yourself mm-hmm. fountains and stuff. It's a it's uh-huh. a do it yourself fountain pond thing that I just flipped over and it it works. <laughs> there you go. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. Whatever. 
yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to want to get some of those uh, big, cool terracotta pots and crack them in half and put them in there. I think it'll look cooler. But I've seen those before. They they do look kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, someone has told me that's a good way to for um, snakes that require a lot more humidity is to soak down the terracotta. So oh, that I makes know. sense. Yeah, it was, it was one of those white lip things that I keep researching in too far into. But um, the, you're a brave man. Uh, I have no desire, no desire for that. Not... <laughs> that's because you haven't Ugh. had the interaction with one of them. Come up. You mean you, you mean attacking? Too. Oh, I'm going. I'm coming. You know what I? Oh, yeah. You know what Come I've decided? I've decided yeah. that I am going to use one of my snakes, uh, the profit from one of my snakes to come up to uh, Northeast Carpet Fest this, year, this coming year. So well, sweet. There you go. Because that, that's what it's about, we, right? The people. It's not all about the snakes. It is. It's about this. Right. It is. And now the problem is that if you come up to this East Coast, it's going to be at Eric's place, and Eric is a sissy. He doesn't have white lips, so I'll have to bring you to my place so you can check out the white lips. So that's doable. So Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, we could do it. Good. Anyway, um, uh, so when it came to the eggs, was there any kind of instance where you were like, I'm going to leave these with mom? Because from the picture you know, she had, she had them wrapped up real nice. Oh, she did. She. I think that she's going to be a fantastic mother, and uh, this year I am going to do maternal with her if she, if I'm successful in breeding them another year. So I've decided that. So uh, for sure this year she's going to do maternal, 100%. Yep. Uh, just because I want to. Why not? I mean, uh, I don't know. I I don't make I don't make my living off this is my hobby you know and I do this because it interests me and it mellows me out it's kind of my my uh, meditation if you will so uh, I come out here and I zen out with my snakes once a day and and so if I mean if they if they make money so that they so I can buy more snakes that's awesome if they don't and I learn something that's awesome too you know I. Uh, I, I love this 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 hobby. I think it kept me kept me saying there's a there's a story that I want to tell you guys about uh about I, that I kind of left out. I got a little too excited in the beginning of here, but uh, big story I left out with the whole snake thing is is uh whenever I was out, when I got out of the navy about three months after I got out of the navy I uh I got a bad motorcycle accident and I got hit I got hit by a car in an intersection and uh, got the probably like the last nine inches of my leg and my ankle and foot amputated on my right leg. And, uh, as you could, as you could guess it, it, it it's pretty tough stuff, man. It sends you into a pretty mm-hmm. bad, uh, spiral as far as depression and stuff. And, uh, my snakes and my, my hobby and, and my fascination with these animals is what kept me going. It kept me wanting to stick around, you know, it, it, I absolutely love this hobby and, and, uh, it would it, it, you could pry it out of my cold dead hands is pretty much the way I feel about it. <laughs> Good. I like that. That's awesome, man. The, uh, yeah. So we we got the little red worms out of the eggs. How did you go about setting them up and uh how were feed trials for you? Because I had some I had a rough time getting my baby bread eye to eat. I can give you a tip. Go for it. You need to you need to start an ASF colony. Ah, see, I had 
a bunch of babies that, and I tried feeding them dead, and it seemed like they were like afraid of the dead mouse. So I actually had to go get live hoppers, and then they all ate after that. So all my baby red light had to start on live. See, now, and 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 I've heard that a lot, and uh, I don't. My, my bread lie want to kill me. My baby, my neonates want to. They would if they could bite my eyes out. They would. They're not. They're kind of uh, aggressive. So I think that that may have a little bit to do with my ease of of feeding them. Uh, I have a. I've got two racks full of ASFs. Uh, so it's three females to a male in each bin, and so I produce a decent amount of ASFs, and. Uh, I, I I didn't know uh, that they were gonna all take at first, so I just went in there and robbed. Probably I would call them crawlers. They weren't hoppers, but they had hair, but you could still kind of see some of the pink. And uh, they had they're pretty. They had some size on them, you know, a little bit of size on them, but they their eyes weren't open yet. And uh, I just stuck them on some small tongs and i had a couple that the first the first go around i had uh 16 out of the 20 eat right off the bat uh Jeez. took a little tea a little tease feeding but once they once they struck and coiled it was on like donkey kong it was it was off to the races and then i waited another week i didn't attempt to feed the four that didn't feed again and uh uh Waited another week and then I just fed them all again. And the second go around, I got 18 out of the 20 to feed, and uh, did the same technique. And by the third week, uh, I had all 20 feeding, and they're they're rock solid now. They're eating like champs. And I don't know whether it has to do with the fact that I'm offering African softwares or the fact that they're pissed off and they want to kill me. So. <laughs> I call African softwares Morelia crack. <laughs> I, they do tend I, to love I, it. I, yeah, yeah, they do. I agree. My Brisbane's go; they'll come out of the cage and I'll flop on the floor coming af- after an African softwares. Yeah. Huh. They. Uh, I had. They, I mean, and I think they're the perfect size too. They're a, a good adult, like a good adult breeder ASF is the perfect size for a, a, a juvenile to sub adult carpet, in my opinion. Yeah. So I know this is kind of jumping around, but since you mentioned that, one of the questions I had was you're still working with the African software. How difficult are they to work with? I heard they were pretty, pretty crazy. Well, they're, they're pretty fucking mean. They're real mean. You don't want to get bit. They're, they're super mean (laughs) to the point of, I either grab them by the tail or I have a poking stick, a designated poking stick. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would rather take a, a bite from one of my Brisbane's. Uh, granted, they're not adults. Than take a bite from a full, fem- full-grown female breeder ASF. I'll tell you that. Uh, Jesus. Wow. Uh, now that said, they're not all like that. But the ones that are, they're they're come across the cage and light you up, bitey. Uh, that I have in my colony. Um, wow. That they uh they're the thing is is they're they're really uh they're really easy to produce. You just have to kind of get their diet down. It took me a little bit of time to figure out what that was. Uh, I've had the most success on seeds, uh, a, a bird seed mix, uh, 
like black oil, sunflower seeds, and different grains and stuff for their base diet. I'll put right. uh, Missouri Missouri rodent chow on their uh, on the top, so they get a decent amount of protein. And what I see them eating, and what I see their reproductive system like their numbers firing off is whenever I'm introducing a lot of greens, a lot of uh, uh, spinach. I, I feed them a lot of vegetables because you are what you eat, right? So my collection. I want my collection eating the the good stuff, right? I mean, I don't want right. to just feed them some parvo dog food, and you know, plus they're not right. reproductive. You have, what I found is as soon as you stop feeding them greens, mm-hmm. any kind of vegetation, they stop reproducing. They, I mean, it just stops. But huh. as soon as you start introducing that, a couple weeks, two, three weeks. You'll start seeing the females swelling up, and you're like, "Oh, yep, you, you're about to have a litter. Awesome!" It's kind of interesting, and that—that's my experience. But someone might have a magic recipe that I don't know. But uh, I think that they—they they require a lot more vegetation, and they don't like your, like even the Missouri rodent diet. They—they they just kind of nibble on. It's not a huge. They don't go through a lot of it. You know, it's not a huge. Uh, part of their diet it's just something i i find that the breeding females will eat on it more than anything else because they're trying to replenish some of that that size but the males don't eat on it at all that i've seen anyway okay so when you you, do you set up the babies and then only offer baby applicants offers uh how do you set up the babies the babies are in six six quart bins, uh, j- uh, with paper towels. I use toilet paper rolls because they're cheap or they're free, and I've got neighbors that give them to me, and mm-hmm. and you can just toss it out with you know. And uh, then uh, uh, I use that uh, landscaping uh, mesh, that net that you can get at Lowe's yeah. or Home Depot. And I kind of do a big U over the top of that that uh, toilet paper roll, and that's what they they either chill on top of that or they're in the toilet paper roll. And I set the babies. The babies have a. I mean, I keep them with a hot spot uh, of uh, 88 for 12 12 on 12 off, and uh, then the hot spot goes down. It drops to 80 just because I'm paranoid and I don't want them to get lower than 80. I'd, uh, that's just my, my, my paranoia, but, yeah, I uh, and I may change that, but for right now, they're sitting at a solid 80. I don't, I'm not like Eric. I can't cycle my, I, something in my brain's not letting me cycle the babies. Like I cycle the adults. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, it freaks me out like, a little I bit. They just seem like a little yeah. bit more de- delicate, you know? Eric just kind of well, cycle them right in, in the wild. I, I understand that, but my garage is not the wild. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, speaking had... of my garage, I built a room in my garage. Uh, I've built. I've got a whole separate room in my garage that uh, it took me about three years to build. I put a subfloor in it. I sealed all the concrete. The floor is uh, insulated with uh, 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 
plywood on top. I've got outdoor carpet. You guys were talking about that last episode, I think. You, mm-hmm. Owen, specifically, you had outdoor I do carpet. I outdoor carpet. Yep. Do you? I like it, but, man, is it hard to clean. It's a, it is. It, it's a pain. I, it is a huge pain in the ass, um, and, like, everything shows up on it. It's like for being outdoor oh, yeah. carpet, it's like this, this, this is really easy to know when I've accidentally crushed a snake urate into it. So, you know. Yep. Yeah, one of those things. So, uh, I, I, it's it. This this room took me three years to build. I've got about a third of it is sectioned off, and it's my man cave. I have a couch, coffee table, TV, beer fridge, and then two thirds of it is um, incubator and snakes. That's uh, that's that's my. Uh, I call it the snake den. Nice, nice, <laughs> very cool, cool. Uh, yeah, when you, uh, I'm I'm going through that now. It, it it excites me again. When you got your reptile room, I was telling Owen before the show started. I got um, I got these hooks so that I can actually hang up my snake hooks on the wall. You know, and it's mm-hmm. just like it's it seems stupid, but it's I don't not know. stupid. It's not. It's stupid. like the little things. Have, you know, you're like yeah. Ah. <laughs> I have a whole pegboard on the back side of my wall that I hang my hooks, my feeding tongs, my temp gun. I've got a, a, a clamp light on there if I need extra light. My calendar's on there, the therm, a couple thermometers for room temperature. I've, it's not. It's a, it's a must. I think pegboard in the snake room is like pegboard in a workshop. you got to have it. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> cool. Um, well, that would lead us to, uh, let's talk a little bit about record keeping. Um, do you do any kind of okay. record keeping? Uh, if you do, what do you, what do you keep records of? Um, how do you do it? And do you ever use the info for anything? Uh, I do keep records. I'm not so crazy that I keep like defecation and urates and I don't do all that. Uh, I keep feeding records. I keep shed records. I keep ovulation records. Um, and that's about it. Uh, and I use reptile scan. I like reptile scan. I think that it can be a little time consuming sometimes, especially now. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that until I had this clutch and, uh, and, uh, I definitely think it could be a little time consuming. However, uh, I the, the the main seller for Reptile Scan for me is is that you can when you sell a baby, you just print it off. You just like boop and you print yeah. it off. It's got a picture of the baby. You can put it in you can put it in the package with the animal, send it off. No like there's no there's no worrying about oh did I get all did I get everything that they might want uh no I like the, that part of it. it it sells it for me uh and it's worth the time that it takes to do um I, as far as using it uh I use it I use it whenever I have problems uh problem feeders um or if I'm just I use it for referencing you know uh as far as uh, ovulation and calendar and dates and stuff like that. But, uh, I, because my, my collection is so small, I can, I can usually have a pretty good idea what's going on as far as who's, who's where, you know, as far as mm-hmm. feeding and shed cycle and stuff like that. So yes, I use it, but I, it's not my end all beat all. I write a lot of stuff on my calendar. Um, mm-hmm. whenever it, when it's important things such as problem feeders that haven't eaten for, 
what I what I think to be a dangerous amount of time, you know, things like that. But uh, uh, I'm pretty uh, hardcore as far as feeding records as for the neonates. Not I do I do uh, keep feeding records for my adults. But if I miss a feeding or if I'm if I have one that one didn't eat and I just toss it to another, sometimes I won't put it on there. Uh, that's that's just me being lazy, I guess. <laughs> Uh, that's, but also me being honest with you also. Right. The, uh, the one thing that I wanted to, uh, the hit on about babies is, is that bread lies are kind of drab when they're, uh, hatch out. Is there Mm -hmm. anything that you've noticed that, you know, has helped you pick what your holdbacks would be or a specific look? Have you seen them, uh, progress? Any well, I've seen them. Pro- I've seen them progress. Uh, as far as picking, uh, I don't have any advice. <laughs> That's horrible. But I don't have any advice because <laughs> I kind of, I kind of, uh, I, when I picked mine, I picked mine for what looked good to me. You know, uh, my specific my forest male. He was pretty. He was pretty red already when I purchased him. Uh, Nick takes some pretty good pictures, so he he represents animals pretty well. Uh, uh, and, and the Harris line female, I got her and she was kind of a, a surprise as I got her because she was maybe one of two that were left in his stock that was online. And, uh, and it was kind of a shot in the dark. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know what I was getting into as far as what she would turn out like, you know, it was my first go into Morelia, but she turned out to be really good looking. Um, now, as far as the babies that I have, the, the, the units that I have currently, uh, what I'm looking for is uh, the not the red. I'm not looking at the red. I'm looking at the cream, the banding, and the spots, and I'm looking at uh, the amount of black that's around those, and how clear that cream is. How how if there's any tipping in the cream, or if the cream is just cream or yellow, or I mean it's different in every bread lie. But uh, I'm looking more at uh, not the red and because of the project that I've got going on. So as far as tips, I don't really have any tips because I'm kind of figuring it out myself. But uh, uh, I can tell you that's what I'm looking for. Uh, and I'm kind of basing that off of uh, what I've heard on y'all show before with jungles is is they're looking at the black and the darker colors because it's always easier to push that yellow in later. You know, you can you could, uh, or from what the, the breeze y'all, y'all have had on, uh, say it's it's the black is harder to get just jet black, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of um it's it's a it's a hypothesis that I have, and I'm trying to see if it's it's a valid one. But, you know, you know, it was uh, I was talking to Andrew Paris today because I was taking, he was asking me to take some updated pictures of a jungle that I that I got from him, and I did, and when I had the jungles all together, I noticed that. Um. Uh, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Nothing. Sorry, I'm Nothing. I'm, I'm moving. Down. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm opening yeah. the door. No worries. I <laughs> no. no, no worries. So, Sorry, so Owen. I always yell at Owen. That. Yeah. <laughs> Some horse shit. <laughs> um, I'm not doing nothing. All right. Anyway, anyway, I was saying that um. You know, when you look at the jungles side by side, 
Um, they all have a different, just the, the yellow is even different in them. So it got me thinking that, you know, by looking at that, you could definitely see, um, you could take those projects in, in any way uh, that you could possibly, you know, I, I, let me post the pictures over in the chat so you know what I'm talking about. But just the yellow. So my question would be, I wonder if you could do that with the bread lie as well. Um, that's uh, that's my question as well. <laughs> yeah. There's only one way to answer this question, and that's to breed more bread lie. So right. And that's that's my plan. There right. you go. See? <laughs> but You're posting a picture anyway. in the chat, Eric? Did you say that? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I've been posting a lot of pictures in the chat, but what I'm talking about is you'll see when you look at these jungles side by side, you see the one is like really like uh, it's it's, the yellow is very light. Then this one is, you know, the yellow is kind of in between. And then the last one, the Mm -hmm. yellow is very intense. So, yeah. I'm, you know, that got me thinking like with other carpets, like just different ways you could, just take a selective breeding is uh, it's limitless, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. And that's, what's exciting about. So that's what gets me jazzed up about selective breeding is that, I mean, the, 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 uh, the amount of options that you have, I mean, you just pick a direction you want to go and, and, and stay patient and, and stay the course and, and, the chances are you're going to hit it eventually. You know, chances are that if you if you put your nose to the grindstone, you're going to hit it eventually. And that's what excites me. To me, it's more rewarding than not to take anything away from Morse, but it's more rewarding than than uh, the instant gratification that you get from from producing Morse. So, yeah, yeah, cool. I'm with you. So, let's kind of step away from bread lie real quick. Okay. And I figured you were going to be doing that. You, 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 you thought correctly, um, <laughs> and I would be the one to do it. So let's go to. Uh, <clears throat> but you don't have them. But okay. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what do you Shut want to up. know about Brisbane? I, I had to, man. I, had I want to know everything. Everything about Brisbane. Um, what are they like compared to other carpet types? In attitude, uh, everything like that. Being that my sample size is very small, uh, I don't know. Uh, to my compared to my bread lie, they're uh, very uh, they twitchy. They could be a little twitchy, <laughs> uh, right. and not not necessarily my male. He's he's pretty mellow. He's got a fantastic feeding response, but one, he's pretty he's hook trained. But uh, um, my female, I tell my wife all the time, <laughs> like. I can read snakes pretty well. I'm pretty good at reading snakes. I can't read this snake at all. I can't. I can't. The one that the the calendar picture that that snake. She's just a little strange. She does it. She she does the some of the normal snake. I'm pulling her out right now. She does some of the normal snake stuff, the normal carpet python stuff. But I just she's she's a little different. I can't. She does that thing where. You ever have a snake where they're they're curling up your arm, and they start yeah. rubbing their face real hard on your skin, like they're about to open up their mouth and just take a big chunk out of you? You know what I'm yeah. talking about? 
Yep. Yeah, she does. She does that a lot, but she never takes a chunk out of me. But I'm always like, come on, don't don't bite me. Come on, I'll get the snake hook. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do. But uh, uh, what I could say is, when when they get once you kind of get them out of the cage and get them knowing that you're cool, and they need to be fed. That's something that I've uh, figured out. They 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 need food. Um, as far as they're hungry all the time. Mine are anyway. And they okay. love their ASFs. Uh their color is interesting is that they're very they're very they're variable. Very variable. My male looks nothing like my female as far as uh color is concerned. Now pattern, yeah, but color my male's much brighter. Uh but he also doesn't have the iridescence that she has. Um okay. and they're going through right now I've kind of they've gotten out of that uh juvenile slash sub adult mode and they're turning that food into size real quick. Uh they've jumped up in size. I think they're about two and a half yeah, they're about two and a half right now. They're wow. They're fourteen they're fourteen models, so uh they're turning this food into to size in a way that the bread line never did. Uh and when people say that they're larger, I, I believe it for sure. Um, uh, they're there. They can, they have the capability of getting larger. I believe it. Uh, uh, awesome. what else, what do you, what do you want to know about them? Give me a specific well, question. What's, what's your goal for the project? And if you say to breed them the Jaguars, I'm no, 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 you yeah. should know better Definitely. than to ask me that question. I do. Um, I'm just saying. Uh, no, I'm breeding them to each other, and okay. So what I with the male, he's uh, you've seen pictures of my male, haven't you? Yeah. I'll post a picture of him. So or a younger Please. picture. I'll put it on the chat real quick. But uh, he's really, really bright. Uh, uh-huh. Nick uh, sent him to me, and he he highly recommended uh, that snake. And so, so when Nick highly recommends something, you typically say, "Okay." <laughs> and uh, you typically do that, yeah. <laughs> and so, well, now I'll pull this up real quick. Sorry. Right. Um, he he. When I got them, they were about I think I want to say they're about eight months old. I had to do the whole payment plan deal, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, when I got them, they're about eight months old, and they kind of looked like your typical. Coastal, you know, kind of drab. Nothing, there wasn't anything crazy special about them. I was excited because I knew what they were, you know. But there, was, as far as visually, there wasn't anything to a point where you're like, dang. Yeah, I just posted the mail up there on the chat. But uh, so what I noticed right at about a year old, he started to get his nose. He didn't change anywhere else but his nose, and it kind of freaked me out at first. Because right. I was like, oh, what is that, mucus? What's going on? And I'm like looking at I'm thinking he's got a respiratory infection or something. It's like dried up mucus. But no, right. his scales were turning this like wheat, honey, golden gold, like this gold color. And he just started getting lighter and lighter. And every shed he's just lighter. And to a point where I'm like, oh, my God, this is my favorite snake in my collection. This is, <laughs> this is it right here. So my goal is is to produce more like him. And uh, 
and enhance it as much as I can. I mean, if you can do that with jungles, if you can bring that color out with jungles, why can't you do it with coastals? I think you could. Why not? I mean, I think you totally could. Uh, there's, there's, so that's they're 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 really cool. I I, I dig them quite a bit. Uh, they've they've been a learning experience for me because they their their body language is completely different than a a bread lie. So. Uh, but as long as you keep them fat and happy, they're they're pretty cool. They're happy with everything, so yeah, yeah. Um, I got, <clears throat> I got a question. Oh, go ahead, Owen. Sorry. Yeah, damn right, you're sorry. Anyway, uh, social <laughs> time. You be quiet. Anyway, the uh, um, you said the female is different looking. I mean, if if you were to get some babies to look like her, would you kind of split the projects and go one way with him, one way with her, and? Of the yes. variability yes. Case, why why are you case. reading my Why are you reading my mind? You can't read because my it's what mind. I would do. Because it's what yeah. I would do. Well, no. you like that iridescence because you like the white lips. You're looking at, you're thinking about that that picture of the on the I, calendar and the iridescence and that and you know what? Honestly, mm-hmm. I wasn't too stunned with her until I took her outside for that that photo that little photo op. I uh, yeah. I took those pictures and I was like, holy shit. They, uh, she's, she's a good, good one. very, she's very dark and very iridescent. I may have a secondary pot project going on here. And so, yes, yeah. uh, I, uh, I definitely, uh, am going to go that way with him as well. And, uh, nothing down the middle. It's going to be one extreme or the other, as far as holdbacks are concerned. So All right. Eric. So my, my question was going to be, have you thought about, What's going to be your approach with breeding these guys? Um, uh, you know, I I think that I'm gonna because of the southern ranging, uh, coastal. Uh, I think that I'm gonna introduce around the same time that I introduce spread lie a little bit later. Uh, maybe not quite as late. Maybe instead of because I introduced my bread lie at the end of February, I may introduce the 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 Brisbane's at the beginning of February. Where when it's still a little bit cool in the room, uh, and it's just a it's just a theory that I that I have, I, and, and it may not work, and I may fail epically. But uh, I have a thing for the whole spring breeders thing. I think that that's where my collection's going to start moving, uh, or not start, continue moving, because uh, I guess uh, southern range and coastals you could kind. I mean. They're kind of late winter breeders, right? You could uh, use it theoretically. They'd be like a late winter breeder, right? Yeah. <laughs> or they what about be, anyway. As, what about as far as uh, size? Do you have a size in mind when you're going to breed these guys, or are you looking for an age? Age, hundred percent. Age. Uh, age. I'll, the next season, I'm going to attempt to breed them. Uh, they're, uh, in my opinion, they're probably at breeding size now. But I don't feel that they're a breeding age. I think age is a lot more important. My opinion, age is more important as far as the female is concerned, not the male, but the female. I right. agree. Uh, I just I, it freaks me out. I don't want to have. I don't. It, and I know it happens. And and I'm not saying anything against anybody that it ha- that it happens to. And I know that it can happen for other reasons. But egg binding scares the shit out of me. It's scary. That it's scary. Well like I would hate. I would hate to lose a female tag binding. It would, it would, it would crush me. It would crush me, you know. And uh, especially uh, a giant 
two-year-old python that I could have waited an extra year and maybe prevented that from happening. So I'm not. I would. I, I, I. That's where I'm at. It. That's why age is more important to me. I think that the the maturity of the reproductive system is uh, plays a heavier factor than their size. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, cool. So. I guess the only other question, I mean, so these coastals are supposedly from everything that we've heard are, you know, they get huge. Are you gearing towards that way? Do you see them growing up that way? Uh, Well, you don't have other coastals to compare to, right? I don't have Mm. any other coastals to compare to. uh, However, that tri-sharp looked really nice, but... uh, Uh, yeah, uh, someone, someone, someone <laughs> could help you with that. Yeah, I, I bet you could. Uh, uh, I, I if they're gonna get big, I'll let them get big. I'm not gonna overfeed them or anything like that. I'm not gonna push them to get big. But right. if their size is dictating the size of food that I'm gonna give them, I'm gonna give them the size of food they can handle. I'm not, I'm not gonna pump them with it. But if I have a female that is is pre breeding season and she can handle a large guinea pig. I'm going to give it to her and, and I'll give her the cage space to deal with that. But then that's the benefit of having a small collection. I, in my opinion, I think that's the, the cool thing about having a small collection, uh, a smaller collection. Y'all are, y'all are in the major leagues compared to me, but I have the space to, to, to do obnoxiously large cages. Right. Right. I have, uh, I don't, we're talking about big coastals, and something just popped up on my Facebook feed, and I'm sharing it over in the chat. But this coastal ate some guinea pigs. Holy! Oh, oh man, that's a wild coastal. <laughs> Holy shit! A wild coastal ate guinea pigs in Australia. Yeah, I guess they had them as a pet or something. Oh, they shouldn't have guinea days. pigs in Australia, should they? Are they allowed to have guinea pigs in Australia? No I guess one knows. they are. <laughs> guess so. Wow. That's they huge. Good night. Like four of them. <laughs> like that. Yeah. It ate a whole family of guinea pigs. Oh, the poor little ones. <laughs> ah, whatever. That's what they get for being outside. But anyway, um, that that does kind of seem a little crazy to have an animal that would get. I mean, I have large coastals around like this seven, eight foot mark and I had one that was actually closer to nine. Um with those animals getting that big is gonna come larger clutches. So would you kinda try to keep them on the smaller size so you wouldn't be dealing with like clutches in the forties? Or are you just um, gonna take all forty Brisbane babies? So I mean, I wouldn't mind getting some blackheads, so uh, <laughs> That'll fix that awful quick. Uh, <laughs> I guess what I'm saying. I, I mean, I'll, I'll let them grow. To, uh, what What have you guys heard as far as Brisbane's like nine, ten foot, right? Round about uh, I heard, eight. I, I've heard nine, ten foot, which means I'm pretty sure eight is going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Eight is so. a is a so you're talking a little bit br- bigger than the the female bread lie that I currently have, and I'm totally okay right. with that. Honestly, I'm right. that's I can deal with an eight foot long snake. That's 
that now when you if we're talking eight foot and morbidly obese then no Mm -hmm. but i like to keep my my stuff pretty trimmed i don't i don't over i try not to overfeed and uh and that's part of the whole very varied uh feeding i i think that feeding a big old fat rat every single feeding you're just you're just adding to that 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 fat intake now you take a quail which has less fat or or something smaller or ASF for instance that doesn't have a lot of fat uh and they just get that protein and they're not they're not getting the fatty liver and all all that craziness you know so i i'm not i guess what i'm trying to say is i don't want to power feed but if they're going to get 10 foot that'd be pretty cool to have a 10 foot coastal right if it's healthy and lean and good looking hell yeah, yeah now but you know that's going to be I would a love bigger it. cage. I would love it. A huge I mean, melamine cage. So. Uh, no, 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 no. That'll be that'll be an animal plastics cage. I will not be building that cage. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you imagine the head on a ten foot coastal? Oh, How impressive uh, that would be. Oh, it dude. was. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah, you had a girl that was about that. Was she ten foot? Uh, Sophie, nine Sophie, and right? A- Sophie, and she was nine. When she yeah. died, I measured her, and she was nine and a half. Damn, that was that that had to break in, broken your heart, man. That 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 oh, sucks. Was killer, but that sucks. She was. That's that's what like a bunch of people posted up. I think it was like a thread where you're like, uh, "What's your biggest clutch?" And I like, and I totally missed it until I got tagged in it by several people. So mm-hmm. it was it's one of those, and and it did break my heart. But you know what? I got her daughter. And I know several people that have offspring from her, so I'm, like, watching and waiting for them to, like, breed. Because I want to see if any of them can get, like, monstrous in size, get, like, huge. So, yeah. Hey, I want to give props where props are due. That that, uh, bread lie that I was talking about that was posted up earlier was uh, Jeff Beck. He has a really nice-looking – Nick thinks it's a LASIK line animal. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. If he breeds it, I'm going to be the first one over there asking him what's up, you know. I like, <laughs> but, uh, the, I like, the, I like the LASIK ones. My my uh, trio are LASIK line animals, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Evan had my back on that one. He just messaged me, hey, it was Jeff. So. <laughs> there we uh, go. Cool. Uh, but, yeah, I, I – uh, I, they're, the Brisbane's are cool. I'm, it was a, a project that I was really excited to get in on as early as I did. I mean, I'm, I know that I'm not the earliest or anything like that, but uh, I, I got I got my pair in 2014, and uh, I I felt very uh, privileged, I guess, to to have gotten a pair at at that time. And uh, I it took me a long time to pay them off, and and uh, and I and part of uh, my collection being small is. I, I try to be kind of selective as of what I bring in. I'm not saying people with large collections aren't, but I try to uh, to streamline it so that I don't get overwhelmed because I've got two daughters right. and I've got a family and I work 40 hours a week and I don't want my animals to suffer because of my life because I'm choosing to have them. So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at as far as that's concerned. Right. Uh, that's a good way to look at it. I guess that's sort of. Um brings us into the uh the next topic is um you know we sort of were talking about this on the round table and i figured maybe uh you would have some thoughts on it but 
Do you think that carpets are overproduced in the States or just in general? You know, I I don't think that they're overproduced. I think people need to be more careful at what they're pairing together. Does that make sense? Like, I think that if people were a little bit more uh, uh, selective as, uh, to what they're pairing together, that it wouldn't be a topic of discussion. Um, I think there's a lot of byproduct and, and, uh, so I guess it would be, yes, I think there may be a little bit overproduced, not crazy. I don't think it's like ball python or anything like that. Uh, maybe a little overproduced, but not down where I'm at. Uh, Texas doesn't, uh, we have a carpet community, but if you go to the shows, there's not a whole hell of a lot of people selling carpets. It does. Right. There's not a lot of Morelia. We got uh, Michael Pinnell and uh, uh, and a lot of other people, and they go to the shows. But there's not a lot of guys at uh, lower levels that don't have names for themselves that are that are kind of charging the forefront. So I don't think here in this particular area they are, but uh, I, you see a lot of of them online and on Facebook and and. I don't know. I I think it's a touchy subject, kind of. It's a little bit. I try not. I try to stay out of that kind of stuff. I I'm a lurker on Facebook. I don't post a lot. I'll post a <laughs> thing here and there. I I right. kind of watch, but I don't post a lot. And so I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Like I said, everything about being on y'all show is uh, is is my opinion strictly, and I'm not trying to force that on anybody else. But and and things that I've seen. But uh, I think that. They are a little. They can. They. They are. They. They have the. They are a little overproduced. So, but not in a way that the ball pythons are. And right. I mean, I still produce a clutch of ball pythons every other year, but I don't sell them. I give them away to friends and and people that I know that I'm trying to get into the hobby. And it's. A, I mean, say what you will about ball pythons, but they're a fantastic starter snake, in my opinion. As long as you can grasp their the temperature ranges and humidity that they require, as far as having good sheds and stuff like that, I mean, other than a corn snake, it's probably there's not a better starter snake, you know, as far as not getting bit and stuff like that. So I prefer right. the clutch. I disagree like with six that. Or, six or, yeah, I ball pythons. Eric gets bit by all the ball pythons. And Rob Stone, <laughs> Rob Stone will attest to it. They are. Freaking nasty, man. They well, fight the shit out of me. Checked, has anybody ever checked? Do ball pythons prefer hobbits? Because I mean, I don't know. Maybe they watch do, it man. now. Watch it now, Owen. I'm hey, only five hey. nine, man. Eric's not that short. You need to calm down. You got the, you got the beard. That adds like several feet to you. So anyway, but I appreciate that. Appreciate that. You're welcome. So the so it's just like I don't know. We were we were cleaning at Bill's place for carpet fest. And I'm worried about this Carpondro that's trying to crap all over me. And Eric's like, the ball python bit me. And Bill's like, how? Did you shove your hand in its mouth? So, yeah, all ball pythons tend to bite Eric. So, was it Bill's pissed off pied? Because that one almost nailed me. Was it yeah, the pie? probably. Yeah, yeah that thing. I, I don't think that's a ball python thing. I think that's an no. animal thing. That thing, is, <laughs> that thing is crazy. That thing is mean, dude. 
No, but I have I have some ball pythons, and dude, I'm telling you, man, they are freaking. They're vicious. I mean, I have no, minor babies, man. Minor babies. Oh, you, yeah. I, I see now. Okay, you just brought up scrubs. Okay, so mm. scrubs scare me a little bit, right? Why, man? Because they they're faith fighters. They like they want to rip well, your eyeballs out of your face. Yeah, but. <laughs> Um, there's They're something bad. about a a Moluccan scrub is just a that's that is a f- fantastic animal. Uh, they, I've never I've never seen one that I didn't like. They're 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 great. I've never held one or interacted with one, but uh, on picture in pictures they're they're fantastic. They're phenomenal. They're actually the only scrub python that I will tolerate. I hate all of the other ones, but Moluccan. <laughs> If I can get a pair of Malukins again, I will be a happy camper. Get rid of this Tanabar, and I have a pair of Southerns, which it's weird that the Southerns are actually, they do not have the same reputation that the other Barnacks have. So they're like a lot calmer and collected, and they're not psychotic. At least the two that I have aren't. Um, but Tanabars are like the little dog with a bad attitude. So Crapping all over you? See, that's Southern the thing I don't like. I don't dig the whole crapping all over you thing. I can deal with losing blood. I don't want to get crapped on. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. No, it's not happy. I mean, they really kind of ruined the day. That's why you say those cages for last, because if it happened first and you still had a bunch of clean too, I'd be furious. When I, so. when I had a lot of scrubs, you had to, I did them on a separate day, because I almost treated them yeah. like, like they were venomous. Uh, because I had to be in that state of mind. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hell because yeah. yeah. Oh, hell when, yeah. yeah. When I'm in, uh, when I'm in carpet Python mode, you know, my carpets don't bother me at all. It's just like, boom, 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 you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I think I have, I have two of them that are probably like, no matter what, they're coming out to bite me, but I know that. So I'm prepared and they're a male. Yeah. So in my collection, they're probably like maybe four foot if they're lucky. Mm, and uh yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah. two foot it's a low blow yeah, right? it's a low blow <laughs> yeah i know maybe a foot and a half i don't know yeah um, but uh when you uh when you would deal with those scrubs man i i've said this a bunch of times on the show but god damn they would be crawling up the window wrapped in the blinds you got two snake hooks going meanwhile it's pissing on one end biting you on the other i'm like what the hell am i doing this for (laughs) what what i I, you know but see that that was my experience oh not quite that much but my experience with uh the nicaraguan red tail boas i had a pair of those and they just they lit me up all the time. I mean, full grown lit me up, and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm done. I don't. You're not that pretty, and yeah. you just bite me and shit everywhere, and I'm, I'm welcome, tired of you. Welcome to my world with the Dominican red mountain boa. Why are you? Dude, here? but those are it's something about red. I think that's the thing about bread lie. That I want some Dominicans. Dominicans are oh. so beautiful, man. Whoo. Well, uh, you know, I would I, love a pair of those. I might just box hey. them up and send them to you. So uh, okay, you know, okay, Christ. I'll take them. I'll take them. <laughs> do trade. I've always thought they're cool. Oh. Yeah, I could do that. We could do. We could, maybe we'll work something out on the side there. There you go. Make a deal. Uh, uh, 
but yeah, there's there's a few things I want to get into. But like I was saying earlier, I I think I want to get my room more geared to uh, is uh, spring breeders, and uh, I've been looking at diamonds and inlands pretty hard. Diamonds and inlands. I can't decide. I can only add a pair a year. I've decided that that's what I'm going to do. A pair a year. And I don't know whether I want to get inlands or if I want to get diamonds. It's a hard 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 one for me, man. Whoa, whoa. Are you ready? Diamonds. Yeah, I'm ready. Diamonds? diamonds. Okay. Get the diamonds. Inlands are only going to get better because more people are refining them. Get yeah, but wh- I want to be the more people. I want to be the more people. You want to be people the more people? Are well, <laughs> well, also, the price of inlays are going down. Get the diamonds. The diamonds are where everything's at right now. And That's you true. get a really nice pair, or you can even just get one reduced pattern female and really love it. So, See, the reduced patterns don't really do it for me, man. I, I like, uh, and I know that's blasphemous, but I like, mm-hmm. I like the, I like the, I mean, I like the yellow on black. That's nice, but those ones that are just white on black, the, the, the just white on black, like the the one in the calendar this year. Yeah, that yeah. animal, it to me is the epitome of a diamond. That is an amazing animal, and whew, if I could have something like that. I feel like I'd be at the pinnacle. Like I've heard you say, Eric, that that, that diamonds kind of took the place of uh, Bolins, you know, as far as yes. Uh, I feel that way. I like Bolins are cool. I like Bolins; they're amazing animals. But man, a big mature diamond python that's black and white. Oh man, that, hard to that's beat. Something man. about that. Oh man. Oh, I I, I that's I think that. And and I'm leaning a, pretty hard towards the diamonds, but the yeah. inlands are cool too, man. The inlands, I I really think the inlands are going to be doing some stuff. There, there's going to be some selective breeding going on with the inlands that we don't even we're we're not even privy to the information. We we don't we can't even imagine what's going to go on with them. Well, it could just be one silver pepper that somehow okay. miraculously yes. found its way to Europe. <laughs> I mean, for the love of God, can that just happen? I won't even be that's that a, mad. So. That's a morph that I would actually get into. That's that, that is uh, that's a beautiful morph. Hear that, Mister Whitaker? We're over here ready to drop cold hard cash. <laughs> and you're over there bringing them to albinos and shit. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's um, so. Uh, let me see if I can give you some advice. So diamonds are probably, um, I yeah, they're, 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 no, they're the pinnacle, <laughs> but I'm with you, man. I think that inlands, uh, when they're selectively bred, um, they're going to be the pet carpet python, I think. It's going to be a blue so carpet too. python, man. It's going to be blue with red. Blue and red. It's, it's blue and red. It's America. It's America. America. It's America. Oh, so, we need to call it the America carpet python. They already yeah. do that with tegus. Like, there's an, oh, there's yeah. an American no, that, that, was, that was sad. And that's not good. That's not Yeah. No, that's not good. The difference is, is this will actually be blue and red. Uh, and not the, just like brown, yeah. Like brown and pink, yeah. Yeah. Just because you're crossing two colors doesn't mean that both those colors are going to come out. It's like paint. 
you know, across <laughs> most colors. If you mix in enough colors, all you're going to get is, like, brown or black. It, yeah. I'm leaning more towards the diamonds for sure. Sorry, Eric. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, if you see some of the some of the guys down in Australia, what they've done with inlands, it's, it's pretty impressive, man, you know. We're uh, not in Australia. I've told you that numerous times. So, I know. The <laughs> I, I know that. But that just tells me that the selective breeding can be That means we need to done. push harder. Knucklehead. Yeah, we need to push harder. <laughs> we need to work harder. Hey, we do. But I'm also going to say right now, is that I think we know someone in Australia right now currently. We know somebody in Australia right now. Isn't Crystal Emmy in Australia, or did I miss that on Facebook? Oh uh, no, yeah, they're all in Australia on the trip that we yeah. could have been on. Yeah, they're there. So, so all. <laughs> oh, see, I was gonna you. bust your guys' balls about that. What the hell? Y'all talked yeah, so much smack, and then you didn't that go. I had to buy a house, man. Yeah. Oh, okay, no, that's understandable. You, that, hey, how? There's yeah. always 2017. You know. Yeah, that's right. Next year, I'm going. I don't give a shit. I'm fixing <laughs> my passport right now. So Hey, they fly I'll direct from Texas. You can fly direct from Texas to Australia now. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yep, They've got That's Australian cool Airlines, shit. I think is what it's called. But, yeah, they go straight from Texas. Oh, dude. So that's you can play. You can you, come down there. You can play. The carpet, that, jump off and go that's straight to Australia. Go to Australia. <laughs> Done. We can recreate the hungover flight from Texas to Pennsylvania, but it can last forever. That sounds like a great idea. Then you can get <laughs> to Australia and drink some Fosters and have a good there old time. You go. Yeah. Uh, All the Australians right now are, like, cursing at us. <laughs> I know. Fosters. Well, we, well, we, we love you. We love you. Yeah. Uh, we do. Absolutely. I want to go yeah. to their carpet fest. Uh, well, know, if they would actually rep- have one, if they would actually have a carpet fest, oh, well, they do now. It's not hey, called car- hey, Yeah, it's not called. Hey, carpet oh, see, no, no, no. It's got to be called carpet fest. It's got to be the Australian chapter of carpet fest. Or else it doesn't count. I'm with you, Owen. I'm with you 100. percent Before you die, you want the carpet fest to be. This one carpet fest in Australia. It's only one. And I yeah. want uninternational carpet fest. I don't care what country it's in, goddammit. And I don't care if it's three people sitting around wearing the same t-shirt calling it a carpet fest. I want an yeah. international carpet fest. I say I just it's want either a carpet fest. It's either in Australia or we hit yeah. up Paul and go visit his spot. Oh, dude. <laughs> have you guys ever cool. been to the UK? Have you ever been to the UK? No. 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 Oh man. Oh, it's sick. I love the UK. The UK's you it's uh you got to go before you die. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. It's cool because they speak the there. same they speak the same language as us, but their slang's completely different, but you can understand what they're saying. So you, there's no <laughs> language barrier. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That's cool. So they don't know what a john is? <laughs> no. No. Or no or if you if you if if you said water, they'd probably look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> what do you want? I want some water. <laughs> oh man. Uh, People nice. in this country do that. So yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. Y'all are crazy because right. you're not you're not from the south. Yeah. 
We're from America. We're from up north. America. We're Yankees. You're from <laughs> Yankees. You damn oh Yankees. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, we were we were pegged as Yankees for at least for the first hey, five hey, minutes. We love you guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. See, I, I want to say that, but you were one of the guys that came up when I was practically dying at Bill's house, and, and I'm not sure <laughs> you came up with the. With the nicest of intent. I think you were you're, be, to help you're being a punk. Like you're being a punk. So. You're being a punk. <laughs> you, 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 you smoked a cigar and you crapped out. You can't do that at a car <laughs> No. Again, again, I think you were going to help him like shave half my head or something. Well, Bill, so. Bill's, Bill's a cool guy, and if he says, hey, I need you to have my back, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's his house. I'm going to go up there and have his back. <laughs> yeah, he sees him way more than he sees you, Owen. So you know, yeah, not really. I see, I see Bill about the same time as same amount as you guys, maybe once or twice more. Not, not, not okay. that much. I live like about two hours away from Bill, hour and a half, two hours. Oh shit! Okay. Wow. All right, so we're gonna. Add, I guess we'll add this to the closing questions that Owen's got. Um, we're on recorded time now, but uh, yes, what is, I'll ask this one, and then Owen, you can take over the rest of them. What oh, is boy. the most important piece of equipment in your reptile room? The hands-down most important equi- piece of equipment in my reptile room is my split HVAC system that you were talking about last week. I have one in my reptile room. It allows me to climate control my room within about a degree and uh without it i would not have a reptile room so that is the single most important piece of equipment okay very cool all right so the closing questions would be uh if you could have any reptile without any limitations of law or price what would it be and why that's an impossible question, guys. You know, do you know that? We That's know. an impossible yes, question. Yes, we do. That's why we uh, ask. Why we make you do it? Um, without question of law, you know, <clears throat> probably a marine iguana and or a Galapagos tortoise. <laughs> those, those two are like a marine iguana is just a sick looking animal. It looks like Godzilla. Yeah. I mean, come on, that's that's a and and a Galapagos tortoise just because they are old and awesome. Cool. All right. So if you could go herping anywhere in the world, where would you go and what would you be hoping to find? So I'm not going to give the obvious answer, uh, which is Australia. Uh, so it's a close second for me. But I really would like to go to Madagascar and uh, go herping for uh, – what is it? Uh, um, uh, Sanzania Madagascarensis, the the tree boa, the Madagascar tree boa. I would like to have those in my collection at some point, uh, as well as the Dumeril's bow, just because they're awesome. And like I said, I don't know that I have any intent on breeding mine, but – they're really, really cool animals. Uh, uh, they're 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 pretty badass. Cool. So, do you want to check out your Facebook website email real fast, where somebody can get a hold of you if they want to 
inquire about some bread lie or some of the other stuff you got going on? Yes. Uh, uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Facebook uh, at Rage Beard Reptiles. Uh, that's my page. I respond pretty quick to messages. I do not have a website. I know I'm falling short, but that's going to be coming within the next year. Um, uh, yeah, that that's, that's the Facebook's the easiest way to contact me as far as animals are concerned. I would like to give a shout out to, uh, my Southern carpet fest folks. Uh, we're going to be starting to post Southern carpet fest, uh, information, uh, when it's going down, T-shirts, how much it costs, uh, hangout information. Uh, pretty soon, uh, me and Bill and Evan and some of the guys are going to get together and get that all worked out. But I uh, uh, definitely, if you're in Texas or the surrounding states, it's worth coming to and, and seeing some of the local community because they're great guys. And and uh, they've, they've made it for... I have reptile friends, but because I did not have reptile friends a few years ago, so it's a pretty cool deal. Awesome. Cool. And we're going to try to we're going to try to make it down again for Southern Carpet Fest. So you better. Yeah. Yeah, it's the tradition now. I have to go, so it's locked in. <laughs> so do you, Owen? You made it the no, next. You really? got to go, dude. Come on, man. I'm selling a snake to come to to the Northeast. You got to come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I get, yeah. Yeah. I got it. I got you. Like a vacation to Bill Country. So all right. <laughs> so I missed it. Did you guys say that you have a set date? Or no, there's. We haven't worked it out yet. We're gonna we're just okay. be on the lookout for it. Uh, it'll it'll be up here shortly. We're gonna have a okay. little meeting and figure all that out. Gotcha. Yeah, we got to come up with a date too, Owen. We need to, to nail that yeah, down. Yeah, we do. We should do stuff like they're doing, you know. Yeah. For carpet fest. Maybe we'll have like a little pre-carpet fest at my place, and we can hang out and do that kind of thing. How about that? Perfect. That's what. Love it. That's what Evan was talking about—a little pre-carpet fest action. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, those shirts you did were pretty cool, man. I. Uh, I appreciate I love it. Man. <laughs> yeah. Good job. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, yeah. <clears throat> Anything else you want to hit on before we jump off? Or no, I, uh, I. Other than I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for you guys, and it was an honor to be on y'all show. And I've learned a lot from you guys. I wouldn't be where I'm at in this hobby without you. Thank, Thank you, man, and uh, yeah. great having you on. Good talking with you. Welcome back anytime. Thanks, sir. You're going to be it. part of our uh, Red Lie Roundtable, right? When we get that, call. I'm ready. I'm ready. Give All me a call. Right. I'm 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 down whenever you guys are. Okay. All right. I'll be hitting you up. Awesome. All right. All right, man. Talk to you Take later. Take care. All right. Bye bye. All right, Breadlie, man, Breadlie. I know. I know. Uh, that gets people excited. I dig them. Um. <laughs> what? Nothing. Are you reading the I chat? No, I'm I not reading em. the chat. I dig them. I'm like, I dig them. Well, no shit. It's like, you know, we know that. So. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. So next week, I'm pretty excited, man. We got the man, the legend, Mr. Michael Pinnell from Pythons in a Pear Tree. 
And like what, uh, round two of Michael Fennell that round one was like in season one of the show one? or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we haven't we haven't talked to Mike in a long time. And um, for those of you who don't know that are maybe new to carpets, you might see this uh, every once in a while. You'll see somebody to refer to an M-Pen Coastal. Yeah, that's who we're talking about. Those are the good ones. Yeah. They're amazing. Those are the good ones. Yeah. Um, Just to give you an idea, I'm going to – well, I did. I already posted a picture of of a Michael Pinnell Coastal. Yeah. and uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, of course, we're going to be talking about his coastals and where his projects are. Um, and uh, we're also going to be talking about inlands. So um, I know that uh, he had, I think he had a couple years where he was able to breed the uh, the, the um, uh, Moog line, but he couldn't breed the Schofield lines. And I think now he's he's bred both. But he does tons of different pythons, you know. He does you taboos. Here. Uh, yeah. He does. He's done what water pythons and uh, you know walmas and you know you name it. So the guy is a wealth of information when it comes to uh, um, to pythons and uh, carpets are kind of well. What I think of him, I think of carpets. Coastal, so, and just what he's done with coastal carpets just kind of, uh, you know, gave me hope that you could selectively breed them like you could selectively breed jungles, if that makes, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to them. And then right after that, we got one more show, it's the holiday show, and then we're off. So uh, I think it's a that was, um Jim threatened to call the – because he, he's like, is the holiday show yet? I'm like, no, Daddy. He goes, you're lying to me. I'm going to call in. I'm going to ask, is this a holiday show? And if it's not, I'm going to hang up. And I'm like, what? no, please don't do this. Uh, like, please I, don't do that. So, Yeah, Mr. Stone, please send a uh, memo to uh, uh, Mr. No uh, Morgantown and let him know no. that the holiday show will be coming up, not this week, but the following week. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, cool. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, well, I guess that's all we got as far as that goes. Morelia Python radio. Um, you can check us out on uh, Morelia Python radio.com. A couple people were asking me, I got a couple messages about what kind of, uh, app to use for, uh, getting the podcast. So if you have an iPhone, use the podcast app, go look up Morelia Python Radio, and then just subscribe, and you'll get the show every week in your feed. Um, if you um, have a Android, you can use an app called Beyond Pod, and the only reason I say that one is because it's free. Some of the other ones you have to pay for, but that one's free. Do the same exact thing. Uh, just type in Morelia Python Radio after you download it, and it'll be right there in your feed, and you can subscribe to it. And every tu- every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, it'll show up in your feed. So <clears throat> that's how you, that's how you can do it uh, if you want to subscribe to the show. You could also listen to the show. Um, you can go to our website. It's on the website. You can go to um, the uh, Facebook uh, pages and. Links and all are on there. It'll take you right from uh, 
right from there to the blog talk page where you can listen to it. Um, and yeah, you can also listen to it just straight on the blog talk page. Uh, if you have questions or comments for us, uh, future guests or anything uh, along those lines, you can send us an email at info at moreliapythonradio.com. Uh, our Facebook page, Morelia Python Radio. Give us a like, follow what's going on. We're also on Twitter. Um, and, you know, uh, we appreciate uh, everybody giving us the support and uh, hoping that uh, we're helping you out. Uh, you know, the breeders uh, coming on the show and spending their time and sharing their, uh, you know, their knowledge, um, I think is uh, what makes this show so awesome. So, uh, thanks to all them. As far as myself, E.B. Morelia, check out my website, ebmorelia.com. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, eric at ebmorelia.com, or you can send me a PM on Facebook, but try to send it under Eric because sometimes I don't I, – I don't know what I, – I must have a shitty – do you get like – when you get messages on your Facebook page, Owen, does it pop up mm-hmm. like you see a notification? Yeah. You do? Yeah, there's, I like, don't. A ti- yeah, there's like a timer. It's like, oh, and if I don't respond to this person back, it's like all of a sudden this is rogue reptiles takes on average an hour to respond to your things. I'm like, because I was working and this guy messaged me and I didn't. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then the other thing is that if it's like somebody asks me a question and I answer it, and then they answer back with like the thumbs up, and then it's like it takes two hours to respond. I'm like, because the conversation was over. Oh, is that the proper etiquette? Face Facebook message etiquette is to not send a thumbs up. (laughs) Just leave. They just done. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's it. There's no need to send anything because all it does is just hurt of how much it takes for me to respond to shit. Which son of a bitch. (laughs) I know, right? No, but you know how, like, you, you if you're looking at your iPhone, you get the little, like, the one or the two or the three or the whatever yeah. that pops up yeah. in the app? Well, it doesn't yeah. pop up in my pages. And if I don't go in and look at it, which I've been trying to stay away from Facebook, um, I don't see it. So that's what I'm saying. Okay. It's better to it's better to send me a, a message right on Messenger. Or if you want to send me an email, I see that as well. So for anybody that sends me a message on my Facebook page and I don't get it, I'm sorry. Um, I put all my inquiries <coughs> about Eric's animals uh, actually through mail. So he gets letters <laughs> and it just says, so tell me about that tiger. So then he has to like write back and right. it takes very long luckily, for me to purchase Luckily I have that, I have that feather pen that I, that I write with. Oh yeah. Uh, dip, I can scribe. Dear Owen. <laughs> <laughs> dip, dip. Yeah. <laughs> it's all calligraphy and shit. Yeah, it's pretty fancy. Tie yeah. in, man. Again, it's all papyrus. Yeah, take, it's not no cheap paper, man. It's papyrus. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> I put a little take, little E B Morelia stamp on it with yeah. some blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Take months for us to decide yeah. if we're gonna buy a carpet from each other. Months. Yes. <laughs> yep. Fear Owen. Yes. I I I <laughs> I I don't like the stripe on this one quite as much as I did on the other one. Can you send me another picture? Exactly. Takes forever. <laughs> yeah, that's not it. What's really funny is that, is that there are some reptile guys who used to buy reptiles through the mail. So yes. they're like, I know, right? Slow? So, you know, they're, they're listening and yelling at their radio. So, anyway. Um, yes. <laughs> 
So my and, uh, yeah, I think I don't have any. Yeah, check out my Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, EB Morelia, my website, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. All right. Um, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com, check out all the stuff we got going over there. There's the journal uh, for the breeding diary for the season, uh, as well as the prospective pairs, which are being altered because I ended up adding a few new animals and stuff like that. Uh, you can also check out lineage information over there and babies that we have for sale. You can also go and look up Rogue Reptiles on Facebook.com. Give us a like. Check out all the animals that we have for sale over there. Uh, normally, for sale ads are added to Facebook first before they're added to the website. So go do that. Um, I will be vending this weekend on Saturday at Hamburg, Pennsylvania. I'm going to have a ton of carpet pythons, some scrub pythons. And then whatever the hell else everybody else gives me, from what I heard, it's going to be monitors, berms, retics. Holy shit. So it's going to be a lot of stuff. Yes. So if you're going to be in the area, stop by, say hi, talk some Morelia, talk some other stuff. Um, help me chase other buddy away from my table because he'll be there for too long. So and that other was just buddy. for you. I said that <laughs> just for you. So you could bring it up when I see you Saturday. So anyway, um, so I love we'll see I both. love his I love his name, his other buddy. I other buddy? love that. I, I'm so glad that that stuck. You have no idea. It better be he's on not, business cards at some point. He's not quite good enough as far as Condros go to be buddy, so he buddy. has to be the other buddy. Well, it also, it also doesn't help that. Uh, unfortunately, oh. Buddy McKinney got there years before him, so uh. it's like, it really isn't fair, but I, I swear to God, one day we'll uh. have some really Python radio t-shirts that have, like, other Buddy written on the back, and I'll just have one right for him, so we have to get Jeff. know what I'm talking about. We have to get yes. Jeff to make, like, a cartoon version of other Buddy and put him, like, on the, <laughs> the shirt. <laughs> What I love now is that I know he I know he he he, uh, he streams us on Wednesday mornings on the uh-huh. way to work. So yes. I, I'm telling you right now, 10:30 tomorrow morning, my phone is gonna go. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Screw you guys. It's like exactly. It's all love, or buddy. Like, or or the text will be like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Eric now. I'm like, all right, whatever. So yeah. anyway, it's all it's all anyway. love, buddy. And we even love you, the other buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Both of you. Anyway. So, I'm out. I I hope to see everybody Saturday. That's all we have for you this week. And we hope to see everybody back here, same time, for some more Morelia Python Radio next week. Good night.